Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Corres. And Chris, with us today, our guest. Uh, I'm going to tell you how I discovered this man's YouTube channel. Uh, it was after the Olympics. And uh, of course, uh, we were catching up on all the, the running stuff, all, all the track and field events during the Olympics. And so my YouTube right. suggestions included a lot of running stuff. And all of a sudden, it was like former Olympian versus Sydney McLaughlin. And I looked at Rachel <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to hate this guy. This, this is, this is rude. I don't like this. And we watched the video. It could not have been more entertaining. Could not have been more insightful. Um, and lo and behold, I, Rachel and I become huge fans of Nick Simmons and here we are in the zoom with Nick Simmons. So Nick, with that, hey. welcome to the podcast, man. I'm really Thanks excited for to do having this. me. I love that. That's the video that got you turned onto the channel. We had been planning on the channel. We've been waiting for the Olympics for so long. Cause we want to do all right. these cool ideas around it. But the IOC is so restrictive on like what you can and can't do. Of course. And I can't say. And I was like, the only thing we're going to be able to pull off is this like me running the 400 hurdles and, and we'll like pretend like I'm going head to head against Sydney, who obviously couldn't race me head to head because she was getting ready for the games. Right. That video, you know, I, I would say a lot of our humor is kind of self-deprecating. For and sure. And more than anything, I, I will, you will never hear a negative word out of my mouth. I am trying to lift people up, whether they're just getting into fitness or whether they're Olympic gold medalist, world record holder, Sydney. I, right. I'm just trying to lift people up. And, I, and she is such a huge inspiration to so many people, myself included. So that was a fun video to make. Yeah, it was really, really fun to watch. And then we just, we got hooked. And, and I'm so curious, man. Like, so for those that don't know, Nick, uh, two-time Olympian, uh, fifth fastest time, as, as occasionally pops up in a video in, in the 800, <laughs> uh, still for an American uh, that that's held up, retired a couple of years ago. So how did, how did you go post-retirement getting into the YouTube game? Why, what made you want to do it? And uh, how did you find some success with doing it? That's a great question. I think, you know, it goes back to 2017 and I'm about to retire. Now, I, I launched a, a company with my coach in 2014. We'll talk about that later. But when I was running professionally, it was super easy to get what's called earned media. Like mm -hmm. I do, I run a fast race and all the media wants to interview me and I plug my right. product RunGum while they're interviewing me. And, and it's what led to RunGum's initial success. And then as I'm retiring, I'm like, oh my gosh, all our free earned media is about to evaporate. Right, got to right. figure another way to get eyeballs on the brand, get people to RunGum.com. And my my uh, COO, who was a huge you know fan of YouTube at the time, he's like, "Why don't you start a YouTube channel?" I'm like, "What am I going to show cat videos?" Like, I wasn't right. a <laughs> I wasn't a consumer of YouTube content, so I didn't understand what the platform had had evolved to become. Um, and so I start watching some creators, and I'm like, "Well, I can do this." And uh, at the time, my business partner's son, uh, AJ LaPrey was making basketball content and there's all these content creators making really fun basketball videos, like dunk on me videos and meetup right. videos. And I'm like, they're having fun with basketball and it's really resonating with people who like basketball. I said, why is no one in the world of running doing this? If you watch running YouTubers, it's like how to treat your IT band pains and how to, <laughs> how, to, how to properly lace your running shoes. And right. that's There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like those are insightful videos, but I'm like, why is no one having fun with running? And so right. that's what my channel is going to be. It started out fun with running. Now we call it fun with fitness because we branched into a lot of different areas of fitness. But if you tune into a Nick Simmons video and we put one to one and a half videos out a week, you know, we try to drop about six a month, you're going to be introduced to some fun with fitness concepts and that's and that's what we try to make every single video be no doubt yeah, i did yeah i i enjoyed watching some of them i like i like the ones when you're challenging people to races those are yeah those are always fun because those it's are like, our best performing series one of those one of those videos on venice beach where i'm racing in a turtle costume yeah that was the one views 
that was the one that I saw. That was the first one that I saw. And then I think the other one was in was in Boston when you went up there and you did yeah. you did the whole okay. raffle thing. I think I think it's cool because like for a lot of us when we were kids, that's just what we did, right? Yeah. It was like, hey, you want to race? Yeah. You look fast. Yeah. I better <laughs> faster than you, right? Like that's that's what we did. And, and just to get back to that, just like as kids, like, hey, let's let's race. Let's just see who's the fastest out here or who's the yeah. fastest in the neighborhood. Just, it's it's who, playground, right? It's like yeah, playground exactly. competition, playground rivalry bragging rights now that the channel's big enough we actually put some pretty juicy prizes out there too like yeah that boston video mentioned was beat me in a race win four thousand dollars yeah like if someone beat me i was literally going to give them four thousand dollars cash yeah um and and that's you know I, I wish i could you know take credit for that it's all a team i've got a great team of people in place that's helped build the channel and more than anything it's the community like the community right. that watches the videos that likes and interacts with them and shares them with their friends we just hit 500,000 subscribers last night. Like, I mean, what an incredible way to build a community and, and, you know, shout out to Google and, and YouTube for giving us the platform to do so. Yeah. Congrats yeah. on that. I saw that uh, this morning, actually, that you hit, hit 500,000. All right. Not to stir up any trouble before we get into more of the no, behind the scenes stuff. No, we're always about stirring up trouble. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's so do Chris, it. Chris was a D1 athlete. A rec- he played receiver at Cornell. Uh, nice. You obviously, and, and was a, oh a speed guy. You so, are stirring so, up trouble. So now. Chris, if you had to spin the wheel, I know I Nick would toast me in, in any of the 100 to 1,000. <laughs> a 200 might be the one that I'd finish closest, uh, but like I, I have no qualms. I'm not winning. Uh, Chris, if you had to spin the wheel 100 meters to a thousand meters and race nick for that four grand or the five grand that he's he's back on the west coast doing it on his home track like what what's the distance you want that to land on first of all okay i knew you were going to ask this because you like stirring up trouble (laughs) right let me just let me just start off by saying that this guy is an olympic athlete and i am not going to feel confident any distance right (laughs) because like previous life man (laughs) it's not it's like look there's got to be a level of respect that i give because For sure. this, is a, guy, this is a guy that, yes, I am fast, but, but this is an Olympic athlete. So he deserves respect. And there's <laughs> no, there's no distance that I feel confident. Like, yeah, I got this one. Right. What's your best now, hundred? You ever raced a hundred? Yeah. I was like a 10, two guy. Oh, you'd smoke me. No, no, no. Smoke but, me. That, but again, that was years ago. Right. So I knew you were going to ask this question. So I thought <laughs> if, if there was a distance that I had to race Nick at and I get to choose it would be 10 yards. <laughs> You're fast feel, off the line. I, I feel like it. Well, my, my best bet is to have a better reaction time. Than you. And I, and, I guarantee that you do. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, I'm guessing that you didn't do 40 yard starts that much when you were training. Right. No, and actually, so, as, as a pro runner, even my start was my weakest part of my race. Everyone's like, yeah. you look like you're coming out of molasses, man. Like, <laughs> you, gotta get, you gotta get going. I always joked, it took me 700 meters to get up to full speed, but that last hundred, I had pretty, pretty good last year. Yeah, Chris right. is like sitting there looking back, like sit and kick on 10 yards. Yeah, come on, let's go, yeah. Simmons. Yeah, so that's I'm, hilarious. I imagine you guys are going to take a few days to edit this, but we shot, beat me in a race, win $5,000 mm-hmm. uh, here in Eugene. You guys want to check it out because, you know, the prize money gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And I'm not going to give too much away, but, you know, someone is going to win this money. It's not like I, I just kind of like stop doing it. Someone will win the grand prize. So I see so, the look on their so, face. Right. So let me ask you this, because yeah. 
This will come out Monday, by the way, just so we're clear. So so the audience is clear. So the audience is clear. Nick is clear. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, week prior to it comes out. It's going to come out on Monday morning. So whatever you want to tell us based off that, we'll keep your secrets. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's my name, Nick Simmons. The video I most recently uploaded is Beat Me in a Race, Win $5,000. You got to see if anybody was able to do it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go check that out. So my question is this, right? Because at some point, you gotta you gotta be thinking to yourself, wow, this is great content. And then you're running these races, and you and you've got four or five races at, at these different uh, yeah. like cities. You gotta be thinking to yourself, wow, this was a terrible idea. Like I don't know if my body's <laughs> gonna help up. So, so like, yeah. do you tra- like do you train for this? Like do you do you approach it like, hey, like this is my event that I gotta get myself ready for? Sort of. So I, I I'm kind of like coming up with these ideas like on a fly, like what's gonna be great content for where we're at today. Right. But you know, my training these days, I only run when I'm making a YouTube video, like yeah. running hurts <laughs> so bad at my age, it is. Miles it I is. have on these tires. Yeah. So <clears throat> mostly what I'm doing, I ride my stationary bike every morning. Um, I go to CrossFit class, you know, three to five days a week. My, my goal is just to be ready for anything, you know, whether right. it's a weightlifting challenge that I'm doing, whether it's a running challenge, whether it's something totally off the wall, I just want to be in good shape all around, you know, which is, really refreshing after spending 20 years trying to be the best middle distance runner I could possibly be. I was really great at running two laps around the track, but I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't lift much weight. I wasn't coordinated. So now rather than hyper focusing on one thing, I just want to be in good overall shape, which I think is better for longevity. You know, as I enter my forties here in a few years, I want to be able to tackle anything that comes my way, play with my, my future kids, play with the kids on the YouTube channel, just have fun and be generally fit. So that actually leads to an interesting question because, you know, obviously what you did to train was pretty darn good. You made a couple Olympic games. You have one of the fastest times ever in in your very specific event. But is there anything as you've broadened out your training over the last couple of years that you're like, man, I actually wish I did that while I was competing. And maybe that would have changed changed the way I, I was able to run distance or length of my career, anything. Really good question. I would say, looking back, I got pretty much everything I could out of this frame, right? You guys that are listening to this, I'm about five foot nine, 180 pounds. If you look <laughs> at me, if you look at me, you're not saying, oh, that kid's definitely a middle, middle distance, you know, because <laughs> it just, I just worked my butt off. The one thing I was really good at was the mental game. And, you know, the average p- career in pro track and field is about three years. I ran for 12 professionally. Wow. Yeah. I was good with the long game because I didn't take it too seriously. I was really good at decompressing at the end of a season, getting excited for another season. Um, you know, and along those lines, I, I had a mantra. If the furnace is hot enough, it'll burn anything. And I ate whatever I want. I would never want a single day of my career without dessert. I rarely went a week without drinking beer. Like I just, you know, worked my butt off and, and, and loaded it up with whatever I, I felt like, I, you know, was, was hungry for. Now that I'm entering my late thirties and I realize, uh, yeah, you actually have to eat healthy if you want like, <laughs> to like perform. Right. I, I laugh at my younger self. Cause I'm like, could my, could my, you know, engine have run just a little bit hotter, run just a little bit better on a slightly better diet. And we'll never know, but I'm, of course, the answer is, you know, if you put bad gasoline in the Ferrari, it's not going to run as well as if you put the good stuff in. I might have been able to get another 1% out of my body with better fuel. And in my event, that's an entire second. You know, right. that's the difference right. between finishing fifth in London versus meddling. And right. 
you know, I, I don't stay up at night wondering that, but I do recognize that nutrition is so important. And I would never have said that in my twenties. That's really fascinating yeah. too, because I, I think that is something that like for you, that's obvious, but for, you know, some people are like, ah, oh, it's 1%. It's like, no, that's the difference between meddling and not between well, for a lot of people qualifying huge. and not like yeah, in pro absolutely. sports, the margins are so razor right. thin that like yeah. everything matters, but also, you know, that doesn't account for the happiness that you had, the joy that you had because you were having dessert and beer and those things brought you joy. And so like the mental balance versus the fuel, like it's, it's impossible to know the exact you know, the exact yeah, we balance can play of the what if game. Right. We can play the what if game right. forever. I, 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 I look back at my career and I would not be the guy that says, you know, I did every single thing right to eke out right. every last percentage. What I will say is I'll bet you there's not a single professional runner on planet earth that had as much fun as I had. I can <laughs> almost guarantee you that there you go. I had the most fun a pro runner can have for 12 years. It was just an awesome, awesomely fun career. I'm so glad I got to have that opportunity. And what's a better goal in life than joy? That's right. I mean, I think that I'm learning this because I'm an employer now, right? And all my employees are different people with different motivations. I have some employees that aren't motivated by money at all. And I'm just like, that's fascinating to me. You know, I have <laughs> some people that are motivated not by money or not by joy, but by feeling needed, you know, and, right. and I'm just learning how so many people are motivated by different things. I'm motivated by one thing, fun. How can I have the most fun possible? That was exactly how I ran my professional running career. And it's exactly how I run, you know, my business and, and my content creation career. I, I'm like, I just want to have fun. I want to have fun in the office. So we try to make a really fun environment at RunGum. And I think one of the reasons I gravitated towards YouTube uh, as a content creator is it's just fun. You yeah. know, like I would make, I would say this, I would make YouTube videos if it paid me $0. It actually is pretty lucrative, but even if it paid $0, I would make a YouTube video every single week just because it's so much fun. The Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. Super Coffee is the healthy, delicious alternative to energy drinks and coffees that are loaded with all kinds of junk, sugar, all these creams and, and sauces. And they're delicious and all, but so is Super Coffee. And Super Coffee has 10 grams of protein, MCTs from coconut oil, and not all that other stuff that's going to make you crash when all that basically faux energy runs out. The other thing I love about Super Coffee is that they are not just a coffee company. They're a positive energy company. Actually, I think Nick would be an incredible Super Coffee ambassador. Perhaps that's something we should we should look at. I don't know if he likes coffee. I don't know if it fits his criteria, but that dude is is just positive energy overflowing all over the place. And that's what Super Coffee is. Super Coffee is this incredible company that does so much in the community, uh, in, in all over different communities. All of the ambassadors have the ability to go back to Super Coffee and be like, hey, we're doing this thing. And you're 100% guaranteed that you're going to get support. And that's what we're doing as well. So make sure you're following along on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman at train with the best 21. And we're going to give away some Super Coffee coming up in November on the gram. So make sure you're following along. And if you want to just go ahead and get some right now, guaranteed to get your Super Coffee. As Charles Barkley would say, I guarantee that you can go to drinksupercoffee.com, use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST, and get 25% off your first order. That's TRAINWITHTHEBEST at drinksupercoffee.com. Speaking of fun, like you mentioned earlier that like you don't you don't do too much of the running workouts. And I find that fascinating because you talk a lot. You talk to a lot of the football guys, the guys that lift weights all their life. And they're like, I don't know. They want to do endurance. They, stuff. they yeah. just want to do. They just want to run. 
So it's yeah. kind of, it's quite opposite. Like whatever you grew up doing, you're like, oh, I'm tired of that. But maybe it, it is because there's that level of fun to it, right? Like back when we were doing all of our lifting, yeah, like it was fun. It was fun to go out there and throw 500, 500 pounds on a bar and squat yeah. and slap each other in the face. And now it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. That's not fun to me. But like, yeah. we'll go for a little bit of a run. Whereas you're the opposite, right? Like I'm, right. I don't want to put any miles on these tires unless I absolutely have to. But it's fun to do some of the CrossFit stuff, something 100%. that's a little bit different. Is that across the board? Like, do you do you see, see that a lot, lot of a yeah. lot of your colleagues that were former runners, they're like, yeah, I don't want to run anymore. Completely. I see football players that are getting into like triathlons or and right. distance running. And I'm yep. like, that's awesome. And then distance runners that get into lifting and CrossFit and, you know, more more strength based stuff. I think it's really twofold. One, you know, there comes a time in your career where like it's just, it's work, right? Like when I was young, yeah. running was fun for me. And then towards the end of my career, it, it was just, it was work. And I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't feel challenged by it. Um, and so you want to try something new. You want a fresh challenge, you know? And then the other thing about it, when you've reached a really elite level, you know, you're, you're probably not going to go and set PRs in back squat or bench press, you know? Right. Whereas for me, as a complete novice in all that, I can go out and set PRs constantly right, right. because it's so I'm so raw whereas yeah. you know the allure of trying to set a PR and running I've set yeah. those marks so high I can't do it you know and and right. so you know trying to go train for the eight or the 15 is not exciting I've done it I'll never PR in those events again but I can go into the gym right now and just like look at that board of PRs I'm like okay where where do I think I've set the bar low like Oh my gosh, <laughs> crush my bench PR if I work on it for a few months. So yeah, it's, no, that's it's interesting. exciting. Yeah. You need that dopamine hit of doing something new, of doing something better than you've ever done yeah. before. I like how you put it that way. Cause yeah, cause it is, it is, it's almost depressing to look at what you used to be able to do before yeah. and be like, God, I can't even, I can't even look at that weight or I can't even look at those times anymore. You know? I watch videos of me when I was running, you know, in my twenties, early thirties, you know, like great times. And I'm like, what was wrong with that kid? Like, <laughs> he was really possessed to be very good. And he just like I was, I was on a you know a different level. It's it's one of the things that it, if you get the you know the incredible opportunity to see how good you can be an event. Like I got that opportunity, and I I had no excuse not to not to go all in. Right, I had you know companies like Nike and Brooks Running support me. I had the best coaches, the best trainers, the right. best nutritionists. I at my disposal, I had everything that a U.S. Olympian could want. And, you know, so I think I, I at least, re, I, at least at the time I recognized how lucky I was and, and took advantage of that. Great. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I uh, love that. Uh, speaking of that, some of those, those newer goals, are you still going for the 500 pound deadlift five minute? I am. I am. But dang you guys, the deadlift is so hard at a certain point. Like when I started <laughs> this challenge, I was a sub five mile. I could still go out and crank a sub five mile, but the deadlift has been the challenging part for me. So the goal is to deadlift 500 pounds straight into a sub five minute mile. And it's a neat challenge because, you know, I could put on 20 pounds of muscle and probably get to 500 pound deadlift, but that might be right. too heavy to run the sub five. So right. it's this strength to weight ratio. And when I started the challenge, I could deadlift 330 pounds. And in about Three months, I got up to 400 pounds just like that on a couple technique improvements and actually training yeah. for it. And then, uh, you know, on a 12-week building cycle, I got up to 440 where I stand at right now, 440-pound deadlift, which, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. But yeah. how the heck am I going to find 60 more pounds? <laughs> right. Because every pound from here on out is getting harder and harder to get. 
Yeah. See, see, this is what I mean, right? Like he's talking about a 500 pound deadlift and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I think I could crank that if you give you a month, but then he's like, yeah, I can easily crank out a sub five minute mile. And I'm like, yeah. if I ran a sub seven minute mile right now, I would be yeah. I, one, I would probably die right afterwards. <laughs> right. And then I'd be yeah, super happy if I didn't die. But yeah, it's, it's just so interesting to hear the numbers and, and it, it's so exciting. Cause like, you know, as you do, you approach your late thirties, your early forties, and you're like, you still want to be fit, but like you're finding things to challenge yourself and things to, things to keep it fun and fresh. Like you said, get that dopamine hit where, yeah, you feel like it's, it's still rewarding and not depressing yeah. to try to, to, to chase after stuff. And and I wish yeah. you the best, man. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to do it. I, I do have a question. Like when you, when you're running, cause like you mentioned kind of the, the muscle mass ratio and, and, and the balance of being able to lift that much, but also still have good running form. Mm-hmm. in the Boston video, when you, when you went out to Boston and I watched you throw, and I watched you kicking on, do you ever watch these videos and be like, man, that kick was ugly. Like 20, <laughs> 25 year old me would look at that form and be like, man, like how, how much weight did you put on? And, and, and all this other stuff, Maybe. right? Do you, yeah, do, you ever, think, do you ever think to yourself like, man, like all this CrossFit stuff, look at what it's done to like my form my running. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watched that video and I'm like, I'm so big right now. Like, yeah. I used to race. I raced at 160. I weigh 185 today. Right. Like, I I know how big I am compared to where I was. Right. But I also, you know, I was sick a lot when I was running at that weight. Like, I could only hold 160 for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and then I'd get injured, or sick. So I think uh-huh. my body weight naturally probably resides at high 170s, low 180s. Uh-huh. So you know, I. I kind of just chuckle. I also refer to myself as the bison. This is actually a, a sports illustrator writer once said, he's not the prettiest runner. Like if David Rudisha, the world record holder in the 800 meter runner is a gazelle, you know, running effortlessly across the plains, the Nick Simmons is the American bison. <laughs> congruously fast. It doesn't make sense that a guy built like me can run that fast. So I've always had, you know, people chide me about, I'm too short. I'm too stocky. I'm too white. I'm too, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, you, you name it. They've said it. Right, about me. Right. Um, and I just always shrugged it off. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm playing the hand that I was dealt, you know, right. and today I still have that same hand. It's been good to me. And I, I'm just trying to have the most fun I can. And guess what? There's a lot of other bison out there. Like yeah. not everyone is a stick figure, Yep. you know, East Kenyan gliding along at four thirty minute per mile. <laughs> right. the majority of us, the majority of us <laughs> out there probably identify more on the bison side of things. And you can be phenomenally successful as a bison. And more importantly, you can be phenomenally healthy and happy as a bison out there setting goals for yourself and going out there and achieving them. Right. I love that. Uh, how, so you mentioned a little bit earlier, but I want to dive a little deeper. Like, how do you come up with the ideas for the races? And, and I also, you know, love for you as part of this, I'm guessing answer to go into a little bit of who you work with your team, how you assembled it and, yeah. and, and how the channel has grown in, into the ideas and the videos that we see today. Yeah, that's a great question. So going back to, you know, that 2017 time, I'm about to retire. Run Gum's doing well. It's nationwide in Target, about to go nationwide in Walmart. For our listeners that want to try Run Gum, it's a, caf- it's a caffeinated chewing gum. It's basically like an energy drink, but in gum form. And you can find it in Walmart and Target in the sporting goods section, rungum.com or Amazon. And, you know, we were a small team in 2017, like five of us. And I just started the YouTube channel and I'm looking at my cell phone and just answering questions. And it's it's not really going to go viral by any means. And I'm not good at video editing. So we recognize like, Hey, if we make a small investment in a videographer, 
and start studying how YouTubers build out successful channels, we could figure this out. So late 2017, early 2018, I can't remember, we hired a young man just graduating from University of Oregon named Ryan Ewart. And I said, Ryan, like, we're going to work on creative together. We're going to make better thumbnails. We're going to make better videos. And we just started trying different things. And the first time we tried beat me in a race, win $100. It was a play on something um, the basketball players were doing, which is like right. dunk on me, win $100. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's just go out to the local park and I'll challenge people for a 40-yard dash. If they can beat me, I'll give them $100 cash. At the time of launching that video, I think we had about 30,000 subscribers. And within two weeks of launching that video, we had close to 100,000 subscribers. So all of a sudden, Ryan and I look at each other, we're like, I think we found our niche, which is fun with running, fun with fitness, interact with the community. And that's really what we've been doing the last couple of years. And we've had, I think we've got almost 20 videos over a million views now. Um, and most of our creative sessions, I'll kind of just go for a run or a long bike ride and just think about how can I, how can I have the most fun in a video, you know, doing something with fitness related. There are some parameters to make a great channel and to make a great video. YouTube really heavily favors long form videos. So I have some great ideas of like a phenomenal three minute video, but it's just not going to perform right now in the environment that, that we're in. YouTube wants videos that are longer. So how do we make a longer video? How do we keep the watch time up? How do I tell a story during, during that video? It needs to have a story arc that captures your attention in the first 10 seconds and keeps you committed to that video without clicking off so that you see the end. So if we put a big prize out there, you know, beat me in a race, win $4,000. I flash the four grand in the first one second of the video. So, you know, I mean it. And then you're like, I, I genuinely want to see this guy get beat. And I really want to see a kid win four grand. And so that's why those videos are performing so well. But we have tons and tons of ideas, ideas that probably couldn't be done right now because of pandemic restrictions, uh, ideas that can't be done because we don't have enough budget. You know, there's some videos where I'm like, this video is a 10 million view video, but it's going to cost 25 grand to make. And I don't have that right now, but I will, if we keep growing the channel, you know, mm -hmm. so you got to crawl before you walk, before you run when you're YouTubing. And I would say right now we're in a really good walk phase and finding our, our niche and, you know, really just being entertaining. That's the point of YouTube. You've got to be entertaining. And, right. and that's what we're starting to do. 500,000 subs. Not bad for walking. Not bad. Thank Not you. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I, I kind of define it as three tiers. I would say if you have less than hundred K subs, you're like, you're learning your craft, right? You're, you're, you're establishing who you are, finding your niche and learning how this platform works. Then there's the kind of that like scaling phase from a hundred to a million, hundred thousand subs to a million subs, you're building a business. And truly, if you want to be a successful YouTuber, you need to view it as a business. You need to have a right. team, right? Like yeah. we have a videographer and an editor um, that works solely on the YouTube channel. You need to really, you know, I, it's incorporated. I run everything through Nick Simmons LLC. Like you got to view it yep. as a business if you're going to scale it properly. And then I would say from a million on, every time you're in that level, you're competing with Mr. Beast for views. You're competing right. with, you know, the Ryan Trahans for concepts. Like you are in the upper 1% of YouTubers and you have to come to play, right? The what made you successful up to 100K isn't going to make you successful to a million, isn't going to make you successful beyond. And I fully understand that and am prepared to do whatever it takes to, to continue to grow that channel. One of the things that I really have found interesting and appreciate um, as someone who's like in the media world, especially, is your willingness to try things. I mean, not just like try different video ideas, but you know, if, you, if 
you consume the channel like I have where, yeah, I'm watching the new stuff, but then in between the release of videos, I wind up watching things that are a year, year and a half old. You see old ideas that have gone by the wayside, like, oh, text me at this number. And there was a phase where a lot of influencers were doing that kind of thing. Or you see some of the things that have come and gone. How do you decide what's a good idea? And also how do you decide when to punt on something where you're like, all right, we tried it, but like ultimately we'd rather fail quickly and move on and and not- Such a good question. Not not sink cost. One of the things I love about YouTubing is I can do anything I want. I don't answer to anybody. I don't have like a producer saying, yeah, you can't say that or you can't do that. I can try something and if it doesn't work, I can move on to the next. And we try everything. Um, I would say for something to stick, it has to hit two really, you know, binary criteria for us. Is it fun? Yes or no. Is it profitable? Yes or no. Like, is it going to bring revenue into the channel? If it gets two thumbs up, one for each each criteria, we're going to run with it. If it doesn't, you know, then it, even if it's profitable, we've done some things that make money, but we just look at each other and we're like, we're not having fun doing this. Like, it's not it's not for us. And then we'll just say, okay, it's not worth it. So, you know, the team has to be excited about it for it to you know really have longevity, um, and it, it's got to it's got to make money. We're we're still running a business, and the business has a, a mandate, and that's to turn a profit at the end of the year. Yeah. I think it's cool too, how the business has come together uh, as you've done masterfully during this podcast and, and you do during the videos, you know, you, you work run gum into them. And as you said, the origin story is in part, this was done as a way to promote this other thing. So how do you balance, you know, not feeling like you're too in your face, like promotional guy and, and try to keep everything smooth and, and mm-hmm. versus like, I guess uh, to re-ask it a different way, like how separate do you keep the buckets of run gum and Nick Simmons YouTube channel? Or do you see them yeah. all as one, one giant Dude, thing? It is, it is the most like, it's like you're sitting in on our team meetings every day right now. Cause it's the one thing we're dealing with right now right. is Nick Simmons LLC yeah. was founded in 2009 to basically uh, just bring in all the running revenue that I was getting and then pay me a salary out of that. And then run gum was launched in 2014. Now no one had heard of run gum, but Nick Simmons LLC built RunGum up, you know, to be a standalone company. And then when I retired, it kind of was the other way around. Nick Simmons LLC didn't really have a story to tell and RunGum invested in a videographer and built Nick Simmons LLC up. And mm-hmm. now they're so, they've been kind of propping each other up every single year. Well, just now over the last year, they're both so successful. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that to brag. I'm just saying yeah. we've done a good job. He's done a good job that they have to be more clearly separated, right? So... I'm working with, this is such a weird conversation to be having with my lawyer. <laughs> I'm talking to Rungum's lawyer who happens to in other conversations be my lawyer. And I'm saying, I need a licensing agreement that protects both assets, right? Mm. So we're more clearly carving out what is Nick Simmons LLC property? What is Rungum property? And it's pretty easy because my business partners are my best friends that, you know, want to see both succeed. And so we were able to come up with like a really perfect licensing agreement that allows them unlimited use of my content, unlimited use of my name, image, and likeness, um, but also allows Nick Simmons LLC to scale autonomously, right? So in, this, in, in the same warehouse right now, I sublease space from RunGum. The teams you know, work together every single day, and we just continue to kind of rise that tide, raising all ships. But yeah, it was, it was confusing and complicated to sit down and say, like, we have built this together. Like, what, what is part of this company and what is part of that company? Um, and I, I'm just... 
always grateful that my business partners are my best friends and we've always seen eye to eye on these things. Yeah, because you have the private side and the public side too and you never want to feel like you're hawking yeah. product. Like as someone who's in the radio business, like there's so many of the yeah. commercials that right. some of my colleagues do where I'm just like, you don't believe a word you're saying. We're like, you can tell, <laughs> I feel like one of the things that you do well, like this is this is a genuine compliment is whether it's, you know, one of your other sponsors or RunGum, like you very, I think, uh, smoothly work that stuff in to where it doesn't oh, feel you. like you're, you're hawking it. Like it's obvious, like, yeah, Hey, we're trying to promote this, but like it's done in a not in your face way. And I, that's why I was curious, not just on the private side, which I, I think that what you just told us is fascinating too, but like not feeling like one is imposing on the other publicly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that, that, that balance probably has fluctuated too over the years as the private side, uh, yeah. has, has been fluctuating in the same way. I think I want to thank you very much for the compliment. I think what a, what a creator is going to have to do at some point in order to have the income, the revenue to scale the channel, wherever they're creating, they're going to need help. They're going to need revenue. And, right. you know, advertising is where you get that revenue. Uh, I always want to be authentic in the way that I pitch the products. It has to be kind of like, Hey, this is how I pitch. Like, and especially with run gum, you'll feel that more than anything because, Hey, I created the product for myself. Like how, how more authentic than you can, can you get than I created this literally for myself to help me train. And I think you can help you guys too. So that's a really easy one for me. I'm also sponsored by Gymshark. I'm wearing a Gymshark t-shirt right now for your listeners. It's really easy for me to pitch Gymshark because guess what? I work out. And when I do work out, I wear clothes. Right. And Gymshark makes great clothes. So it's just right, pretty right. easy, right? Now, then there's sometimes like a company will approach me and they'll make an offer that's just too good to say no to. Right. I have said no to some of those. Even, even when I'm like, I'll kick myself for saying no, but I can't pitch that product because I don't believe in it or I just know my audience isn't going to relate to it. It does not make sense. And I would say, I'd probably say no to like 95% of deals that come my way. But if it has market fit, meaning my audience is going to like it, if it's at market rate, you know, meaning it's, it's worth what, what the audio, you know, the reach that we have. Um, and I think I can, I can pitch it in a real, you know, authentic way. It's going to be integrated. And at first, when I started doing these integrations into Instagram or into YouTube, I was worried that the audience might kind of like be like, oh, he's selling out. And right. I said, you know, the easiest way to prevent that is to reinvest some of that revenue in the community. So that's why every single event that I have, we're giving away free run gum. We're giving away free Gymshark gear. We give away thousands and thousands of, I mean, I've probably given away, I don't know, 25 grand this year in cash alone. So like, if you are willing to sit through a 30 second ad, I will reinvest that money in this community. That's my promise to you. And I think that the, the, the audience knows that and they kind of chuckle and I always try to do some fun thing with the, with the integration. So if you watch my you know, uh, YouTube analytics, my metrics, when normally when an ad comes on, people fast forward through it, right? Right. We don't get much of, we get very, very little fast forwarding through our ads because we make them funny. Like we throw something spicy in there that's, that they're going to watch for the joke inside of the ad. And so I think that, that helps a lot too. I, I could do even better on that. I, I know I look at uh, creators like Beast and, and Ryan Trahan who I've mentioned already. They are phenomenal at this, you know, seamlessly integrating advertising and you barely know you're being advertised to. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like even on this podcast and at some point in this in this here episode, we probably already broke for for the ads, right, Craig? Good. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, probably based off the time we would have done it. Maybe I'll just just pause for an ad break right now. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Come on, did you you really think that I wouldn't take this opportunity to put an ad right here in the podcast? You know if you listen to the ads that you're 
going to get better material, that there's good jokes in the ads. There's all kinds of stuff. Plus, there's the opportunity to get premium products for a non-premium price, which brings us to the fact that the Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. They are a human performance company, and they've got all kinds of great stuff. For years now, we've been telling you about Momentus's proteins, and whether it is the plant-based blends or the whey blends, you're not going to find a better one on the market. But now, they moved into performance products as well. The Amp Human PR Lotion. Uh, is incredible. Amp Human Fuel just became available as well. And Live Momentous and Amp Human just merged. So voila, that means if you go to livemomentous.com, use the code train with the best 25, you can get either of those products or the proteins or the creatine or the collagen or the elite sleep or the other ones that I'm forgetting because I'm trying to do this off the top of my head right now at 25% off your first order. And then 15% off all the refills. That's right. You set up the subscription. The code only works for subscription orders. 25% off the first order, 15% off all the rest. So you're constantly, as often as you want, every month, every two months, whatever it is, getting those premium products at that non-premium price. It's the best. Train with the best 25. LiveMomentous.com. Because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best. And that's why we choose Momentous. But, you know, I've kind of learned on the fly. This was not my thing, right? My thing was performance training. This is what I do. I can make things fun. I can make things informative. I can make things entertaining. I'm not good at ads. I've had, I had to learn that. And listening to Craig do it because he's a professional ad reader, Mm. right? Like it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) But, but uh, it it is necessary because it, it is nice to, get paid to do this. Like you said, like we probably, we did this podcast for free for a long, long time because it yeah. was like, Hey, we're going to have these conversations anyway. So my, why not what throw some, listen to? Yeah. Throw some mics in front of our face and let people listen to our conversations about training and, and different topics. Um, and then, and then there were ad opportunities that came in yeah. and we've had, we've had a couple of different ones. I think our first initial one was like the cover one up in Buffalo, right? Yeah. It was remember, like some network that, that we were a part of for three months. And then yeah. we're like, ah, I think we're good. And, and then eventually it became, you know what, let's, let's stick to the ones that we know that we're going to use. Like mm-hmm. we, we love and use and drink super coffee. I yep. love and, and, and use the momentous supplements, yeah. right? Now, every once in a while, there's, there's things that come up that we're like, yeah, I don't know that we believe in that, but like, well, we still believe in the company, all those other yeah. things. So, so are, are there times where you, where you're like, Hey, like, Cause, cause you mentioned like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Like I'll, I'll definitely plug your stuff, but I want to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Are, are there times where it's like, Hey, like, I don't know that I can do this. Like, uh, if you want me to do this, like I have to do it completely differently than. I think the hardest part, cause like I said, it's, it's binary for me. Do I believe in the product? Yes. All right. Let's have a conversation. If I don't like, I don't use cannabis products, nothing against people that do. I just, right. it doesn't work for me. It doesn't resonate with my brain chemistry. I don't use cannabis products. I've never pitched a cannabis product as a, as a result, even though I have daily people from, from cannabis companies asking me to pitch their products. Of course. Mm, it's yeah. just not going to, it's not my thing. Um, and so like, that's a really easy one for me to say no to the harder ones to say no to are when it's a product I believe in, they're willing to pay market rate, but they ask for something that I know is going to be detrimental to the long-term health of the channel. For mm. example, when I do a run gum plug, it's five seconds. Hey, run gum. It's just like an energy drink, but in gum form onto the action. No one's skipping past that. It's boom. We're back to the action. You're being entertained. 
Now, when companies, agencies, and, and, and individual companies want to buy ad space, and you guys know this as well as I do, they're like, we want a three-minute ad read. Oh, God. And I'm yeah. like, no, you do not. Right. Trust <laughs> me, you don't. Because guess what? Everyone's going to click off the video. They're just going to fast forward through it. I know right. you're trying to get the most for your money, but let me do my job. And that's to give you every single talking point that you want as concisely and powerful as possible. So I'm constantly saying, please, 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 for your benefit, 30 seconds is all you want for an ad read because then people won't skip past it. They won't click off right. the video. And they're like, no, I want a three-minute ad read. And I'm like, I want to take your money so bad, but I physically can't <laughs> do that because it will damage the video, which damages the channel. Yeah. So I've, said no, I've said no to massive, massive deals because they refuse to budge on that one, that one yeah. call. Sometimes I yeah. wonder how the people who are offering that like, have their high-paying jobs. And I'm like, yeah. do, do you understand how this works? Three minutes, yeah. They don't. Like, they just literally think of, I'm buying time, and the more time I can get for my money, right. the better uh, it's going to be. And I'm yeah. like, let me do my job. My job is to make sure this video goes viral. And if I spend half the time talking about you know, your company, it's not going to go viral. Now, there are some brands out there, and when, when they – when they push back and they say, well, you know, I'm just worried about it underperforming or, you know, I really need to know that you're going to swing for the fences on this one. I'll do a CPM based contract. I don't know if you guys do this, but I'll say, fine, you literally only have to pay me for the views that it generates in the first 30 right. days. And yep. sometimes it'll be like two, two, uh, you know, two or three cents per view. And your listeners are like, well, next, never going to make any money on two or three cents per view. It will, if I swing for the fences, I plug it the right way and it's a viral video. Right. Because if you get a million views on a $20 CPM, that's 20 grand. Right. Like that's that's what we're trying to do. It, it's best. It rewards the creator for, for doing their job right. Um, and, it, it, and it mitigates the risk for the advertiser. So more and more these days, I'm doing CPM based based contracts. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good practice right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, as we wrap up here uh, with, with you, Nick, um, going back to like your athlete days, your, your competitive days, since this is in theory, a training podcast, we also like to just have fun and have good yeah. conversations. But yeah. um, I, I'm curious, you mentioned how impactful the coaches were, like you had access to the best coaches. That's, that's what yeah. you, you know, the way you phrased it earlier uh, in the conversation. So I, I'm curious the impact of coaching on you over the course of your career, both on the running like technical side and then yeah. uh, any strength coach that may have had a, a big impact on you? That's a good question. I'm going to talk to you guys about maybe the most transformative three months of my life. All right. I didn't get recruited by any D1 schools or I wasn't given any offers. I went to a division three university, which is pretty unusual for a kid to go on to the Olympics from the D3 school system. But I wanted to study and I wanted to have fun. And so I went to Willamette University in Salem, Oregon. They had no resources. I mean, they had a track and that's about it. I had to pay for my own warmups. We had to turn wow. in our singlets at the end of the year, just like in high school. Wow. We had, we had, <laughs> this was a bare bones program, right? Um, but I go on to win seven D3 NCAA titles and Nike sees this because I'm in their backyard. We're about 45 minutes from the world headquarters in Salem. Right, right. And in Beaverton from Salem. And, and so they say, hey, this crazy D3 kid, let's take a chance on him. They give me like just a, the smallest contract where you can run professionally, but not, like not be living below the poverty line. But like <laughs> it was bare bones. But they said this, Nick, we're going to give you the small stipend each month so that you can train full time. Well, on top of that, we're going to move you to Eugene where you're going to run for the Oregon Track Club Elite. Your coach is going to be Frank Gagliano, the most decorated 
uh, Olympic coach in middle distance history in the United States. He's coached more people to Olympic teams than anybody in American history. You're going to train at Hayward Field, the mecca of track and field. You're going to have all of this paid for, including all the gear, all the travel. We're going to pair you up with the world, one of the world's best strength and conditioning coaches, Jimmy Radcliffe. Like, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get all this. I'm like, I have absolutely no reason not to run fast. The amount of gratitude and appreciation I had when I moved down here, I would have done anything for these coaches. And then, you know, I hate to say it, I'm not going to name names, but there were a few D1 athletes that came from really prestigious programs who saw how we were training and they were like, I had more support back at my D1 university, you right, know, and right. I just, ne I never understood that. I felt like we had so many resources. So, you know, Frank Gagliano, he took me from kind of, you know, D3, big fish, small pond to a uh, national champion. And then, uh, you know, Jimmy Radcliffe, when I, I didn't lift weights in college, you know, you talk about kind of a, a uh, raw diamond in the rough. I didn't lift weights in college. I knew nothing about nutrition. I knew nothing about proper training, really. Uh, when they put this team in place, and I always refer to this, like every Olympian you ever see, there is a team of five to 10 people that created that Olympian. And I had the best team in place that money could buy. And, uh, you know, I've been hard on Nike in a few podcasts for various reasons, but I'm always appreciative for the chance that they gave this no name D3 kid right out of the college. So, yeah, I, I mean, you just can't underestimate resources uh, when you're trying to build an, an elite athlete. Is that yeah. part of why you are so excited when kids show up for your meetups and things? That's one thing that's definitely yeah. stuck out is like your interactions with kids are always great. You're always so positive, so encouraging. Not that you're not with adults, but there's like a, a next level thing. Not to try to soft spot my heart for kids, especially yeah. awkward running. Because <laughs> like, I was that kid, right? And that's what I, my guess was: is like you're trying to foster that relationship and maybe even give them some resources, even if that resource is just encouragement to to keep on yeah. going and see what they can be. Or a free pair of shoes. I give away a yeah. free pair of shoes every single week to one of my Instagram followers because I know that there's some kids out there. There may be the next American record holder in the mile, and the poor kid can't afford a pair of shoes. Like we have yeah. to prop up and and give resources to the next generation. But yeah, I think you kind of recognize it and I'm glad it comes through in the videos. I got a soft spot in my heart for, you know, middle school, high school, college age kids that want to be successful so bad, but they're just, you know, they're a little awkward and they don't know where life's going to take them and they're scared. And I just, I really identify with that because I was that kid. I was an awkward high school kid. You know, in high school, I was, I was five feet tall, 90 pounds when I started high school. Let's go. The smallest human being, the smallest person at my high school, male or female. So I went out for the cross country team because where else am I going to find, you know, any success? I'm going to get beat up on the soccer pitch, get beat up. I'm never, no one's going to put me on a football field. So I just <laughs> totally identify with these slightly awkward, but hungry, motivated kids. And I want to tell them if you are willing to work, there are so many opportunities for you in this sport and in life, because I mean, Truth be told, there's a lot of people that are handed resources and don't have an appreciation for that. And, yeah. and that's a shame. 100%. I think, I think it's a great lesson for everybody that's out there, for all the coaches that are, that are out there, for all of the athletes that are out there. Like, you shoot your shot. You play your role. You run your stride, right? Like, your stride doesn't match the stride of 
the the Kenyans, right? Yeah. But and that's okay. Got, and that's okay because you got the most out of your stride and you became the bison, right? And like you didn't have the most resources, and that's okay because you did what you could do and you got the most out of With your the resources. resources that you have available. Yeah, Ex- exactly. And so I, I know there are coaches out there who want more out of their gyms, right? Like, oh, I wish I had more space. I wish I had this piece of equipment. I wish I had this much money to spend on marketing. I wish we had this much in our team. And the fact is you don't, whatever it is that you have, you have, exactly. and make, and you can make the most of it. And that's, and that's the message that I want to send to a lot of coaches because they're always talking about, oh, well, I wish I had two Vertimaxes. Well, well look, I, like I have, uh, you know what though, dude, the person with two Vertimaxes wishes they had three Vertimaxes. Yeah, so it's, exactly. It's a never ending arms <laughs> yeah. race. We all exactly. wish we had a better hand. I love right. the poker analogy. Oh man. It'd be so easy if I was born with a Royal flush. Right. Well, you're not. <laughs> You're and not. guess what? <laughs> a two seven off suit can beat most hands if it's played right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I love know, that. I love that about you. This, uh, this brings me back to our conversation. Uh, we actually had Nick Mayhew, uh, who just set the hundred meter world record, 200 meter world record as well in, in the Paralympic yeah. games. Um, and he talked about how, when he was at Radford playing soccer, he did not want to tell his coaches about his disability because he thought they wouldn't coach him as hard. And he wanted to see what he had. And so, you know, yeah. we talk about it from the coaching end, but from the athlete end too, of just like, you know what? I'm going to see what hand I have and I'm going to see what, what happens if I maximize it. I think, I think that's a great, yeah. uh, a great lesson, and a great place for us to wrap. Uh, but Nick, last, last word on that from you, if, if you got anything to add, I was just going to say, that's all we can do, right? You can't yeah. change the hand you're dealt. You got to play it to the best of your abilities. And that's really what, what this life is about. Life is not fair, but you get the opportunity, the huge blessing to play your hand the best that you can. And I guarantee if you do that, you'll look back on your life and be really proud of everything you accomplished. No doubt. So we awesome. started this conversation with a hypothetical race between Chris and Nick. We're going to end it on a, a more even, even playing field between me and Nick. Let's see if I can plug all of his stuff correctly. Uh, at Nick Simmons on Instagram, he gives away a free pair of shoes every week. Uh, so make sure that you're following him there. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel, Nick Simmons. Also, if you want more like analytical stuff, Nick Simmons 2, that's T-O-O, the yeah. second YouTube channel. Uh, run gum make sure you get it it's like uh, an energy drink but in gum form go to rungum.com <laughs> and uh, I think that's everything did I do it hey this, guy, pro- must read, this guy must read ads for a I living I told you I told you professional <laughs> ad reader uh, Nick this, it, guys. Was, this was a blast man thanks so much for the time and uh, hopefully uh, at some point down the road we can we can all get together if you're ever here in DC or if we're ever uh, making a trip out west let's make some YouTube videos let's do sounds it sounds good <laughs> alright thanks guys <laughs> <laughs>